Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey listeners, in this episode, we're continuing our series with women leading in a crisis. And today we'll hear from Leanne Miller. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that my book is now available on Amazon. Go check out how pharmacists lead answers from women who are leading, succeeding, and impacting pharmacy. It's a great book dedicated to women in pharmacy leadership. Okay, so today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have special guest Leanne Miller, who is the Vice President and Chief Pharmacy Officer for System Pharmacy Services at Yale New Haven Health, where she is responsible for advancing pharmacy services to drive high value care for patients and the community. Yale New Haven Health is comprised of five delivery networks spanning the Connecticut shoreline and Rhode Island. Leanne oversees approximately 950 FTEs spanning acute care and ambulatory services, inclusive of retail and specialty pharmacy. She completed her undergraduate training at West Virginia University School of Pharmacy, where she also earned a Master's of Science in Pharmaceutical Sciences and Policy. She later completed a postgraduate Doctor of Pharmacy degree at Shenandoah University in Virginia. Leanne is active both locally and nationally in pharmacy and healthcare organizations, having served as chair of the Pharmacy Business Council for Novation, now currently serves as chair of Vizient AMC Business of the Pharmacy Enterprise, and is an active member of ASHP, previously holding positions on the Council on Pharmacy Practice and Section Advisory Group on Pharmacy Innovation. She's spoken nationally on topics such as medication cost management, strategic planning, biosimilar adoption, pharmacy, or specialty pharmacy, and PBM challenges, and a range of leadership topics for ASHP, Vizient, and Becker's Healthcare. Her interests include developing ambulatory practice models that incorporate pharmacists and technicians into care teams to improve patient access, support top of license practice, and reduce medication errors, showcasing pharmacy's value in health systems, and developing future leaders of pharmacy. Much of her work has focused on creating programs that drive value to patients and the hospital's health systems through rigorous formulary and medication utilization management, optimizing high-cost infusion therapy in ambulatory clinics, and the development of pharmacist-managed chronic disease clinics or medication management clinics. Most recently, she has been focused on standing up a COVID vaccination enterprise to support vaccination of healthcare workers at Yale New Haven Health, as well as communities across the state of Connecticut. Leanne, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Hillary. It's uh, great to be here. Very excited. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a bit about your background, maybe you could fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life. Yeah, sure. So I am a mother of to uh, Nicholas, who is just about to turn 13, and I cannot believe I'm going to have a teenager uh, in the house. That really scares me. <laughs> and my um, daughter, Zoe, 
who just turned 10. And we live in Cheshire, Connecticut. And I have been at Yale New Haven Health uh, via Yale New Haven Hospital for um, just over 20 years now, which is also uh, pretty incredible and uh, sort of not really expected, <laughs> I'll say. Well, yeah, I mean, it's that's really amazing. We love to hear a little bit more about your leadership journey. You've um, obviously been involved in a lot of different committees and and um, and now are over a lot of um, pharmacy uh, personnel. So tell us a little bit more about your journey to um, where you are today. Sure. Um, well, I, I think of my career in pharmacy as um, a little bit accidental. I, um, you know, I didn't know exactly what I uh, wanted to do, where I wanted to work. Um, I ended up after pharmacy school being offered to stay on to do a master's program through a scholarship that was available. Um, and I, I did that and it was in um, policy and research, um, a little bit of a focus on pharmacoeconomics. And I liked it, although uh, the research part, you know, I was like, I really need to be more with people versus data analytics. And so, um, but I thought I'd work in a pharmaceutical industry. So not really having any experience whatsoever after I graduated, uh, that was kind of hard to get a, a pharmaceutical job. So. I took a pharmacist role in a hospital and really figured that I would be there no that you know no longer than a year while I looked for what I wanted to do but I ended up just loving the clinical practice um, and just uh, working on a team and really having that responsibility for caring for that patient. And uh, I ended up after a year or so working in the surgical intensive care unit. And you know, many of the surgeons just said, okay, you, you take care of the drug therapy, the antibiotics and stuff, and we'll do everything else. And, and I loved that. I thought that's just sort of unbelievable to me. Um, and you know, got very interested because of my uh, graduate degree in policy, got very interested in, you know, how we formulate these policies across the hospital and took just, you know, every project that came along uh, said yes to and every opportunity said yes to um, and, and sort of just broadened my experiences, my scope um, and, and, and took on more uh, leadership levels. When we decided that as a health system that it made sense for pharmacy to have a system governance, um, we were one of sort of the early departments that did that. Um, my predecessor, uh, who was uh, chief pharmacy officer at the time, um, uh, and I was system director, you know, I got exposed to just so many different um, projects and, and worked with so many uh, different people across service lines. I really enjoyed it. She got asked to take on um, more system areas like supply chain um, and stepped into that and it really just, um, led to an opening for the chief pharmacy officer and it was sort of a natural uh, natural thing to step into. Um, so it, it's just a tremendous opportunity and uh, I have an amazing team to work with. So it's really uh, a great position to hold. Yeah, very interesting. Um, and I 
had the pleasure of getting to meet several of your team members. And that's what I love is that you all are really um, seem to be good friends, you know, outside of work too. And I, I think that that's really neat um, to see that and, and really um, reflects the, the team aspect. So um, obviously have a good culture there at uh, Yale New Haven Health. Um, so Leanne, tell us a little bit about some of the ways that you've been leading your team during the 2020, um, well now 2021 COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, sure. Well, I, first I'll comment on, um, you know, just the great culture here. Um, that is so true and really, uh, one of probably the primary reasons I've stayed here so long is just great, great friendships um, that I've been able to establish here. Um, and uh, I have to say a lot of us just have a longevity. Um, and so we've worked together for so long now, it, it makes it you know, really nice and really easy uh, to do that. And a few of uh, my good friends who have moved on, um, you know, either for uh, another job for because of their spouse or other reasons, you know, we've stayed, we've stayed pretty close. So um, it is a great group to work with. But, um, you know, thinking back this past year, uh, how crazy it's been. I don't think any of us could have ever uh, predicted or thought about life like this. Um, you know, I, I think about that first week of March, I actually traveled. It was, I think, March 6th or somewhere around the first week of March. Um, I was giving a presentation at my alma mater in, at West Virginia University. So I flew down there and that's the last time I've been on a plane. Um, but you know, we, we, I came back and the health system was talking about the coronavirus as potentially being a bad flu. And I think it really was within about a week, a week and a half that we had heard that um, one of the major school systems in our area was closing down and it was going to be all virtual and which none of us had ever heard of. <laughs> what? We, you know, me and uh, about three or four of uh, the leaders and firms who jumped on a phone call and we said, um, you know, we need to figure out a work from home strategy now. And I just remember thinking like, we just acted, we just immediately said, okay, what does this mean? What do we have to do? And I feel like looking back now, we acted so quickly. And I do remember sort of this little bit of angst of, you know, there was no work from home <laughs> for this year. And, um, you know, even people who worked on projects and didn't need to be operationally on site, it still was sort of not something we did. And, you know, maybe it was very occasional, but we just, you know, I remember sending a text to my boss saying, you know, I'm doing this. I, I hope that's okay, <laughs> but I, I feel it's in our best interest. And, you know, we were one of the first departments that did that um, mm -hmm. out of sort of that critical need and, and trying to put, you know, first our employee safety, um, you know, at the forefront and just say, hey, we, we can operate in this way. The next thing we did, uh, I would say within like 24 hours, is we said, let's segregate our teams because what if we're going to spread mm -hmm. it together? If we're all out 
you know, because we didn't know much about the virus at that time. And um, we just sort of went to worst scenario planning, worst case scenario planning. Um, and we immediately went to a, if, if it just, you know, one person gets it, we spread it to everybody. How disastrous <laughs> would this be? And so um, I really, thinking back on our team, I just am so thankful, grateful, and humbled by the leaders that, that we have that we were able to pivot so quickly. Um, and it, it is, it's pretty amazing when I think about it. Um, we ended up setting up a pharmacy incident command center because within those first couple weeks that New York um, especially got those cases and we started to see them in Connecticut, um, the number of emails, communications, recommendations for guidelines and therapy changes that were going around were, were crazy. I have never seen emails like this before and it, it became mm. a little chaotic and I, I got worried that, oh, you know, we're bypassing all of our normal structures and processes of P&T and all of that, you know, out of necessity, but there has to be some coordination. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, we're, you know, we're going to cause harm here. Um, so we set up an incident command center where we had um, leaders and, and we sort of just blew up our whole governance structure, um, even though I have directors of each of the delivery networks and directors for service lines like specialty. We said we, we need some main pillars here and we decided um, communication, employee safety, clinical practice, operations, um, drug policy and logistics would be our um, sort of core operational structure. And we had leaders for each of those and then teams underneath that. And we just said, we are delegating authority, decision-making and communication to these teams. Um, and it, it has worked tremendously well. We still have it in place today. Um, at that time we were meeting daily and, and now we're down to twice a week, but um, it, you know, it's just, it has been really amazing to see people adapt so quickly. Yeah, wow. That was really amazing to hear. And the, the speed that you guys were able to make decisions, I mean, it's clear that there was just so much trust there um, amongst your team to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how... Um, you know, in healthcare, we see things that like, well, we should do this or, and then it's like, wow, you have a crisis and, and, and health systems were able to stand up telehealth services and, and just to do all of these working remote, um, all of these different things. So very, very interesting to see, um, now, are there any specific attributes that you feel that, that women leaders possess that make them particularly well-equipped for leading through a crisis? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I have the pleasure of working with uh, several uh, phenomenal women leaders. Um, and certainly I have great uh, male leaders on my team too. Um, but I do think there, there's something uh, that during a crisis, you know, that ability to bring teams together quickly mm -hmm. and collaborate across you know, 
uh, you know, disparate teams, services, disciplines. Um, I think the women leaders, I have seen that firsthand. Um, them do that incredibly well. And um, that ability to adapt and pivot um, that, I, that I had just talked about um, was critical. And I, I think, you know, they really shined in that area. Um, the other thing I have noticed is um, now that, you know, we're almost a year into this and we've, you know, sort of adapted permanently almost <laughs> to sort of yeah. this new way of working. Um, you know, the challenge now is to continue that sort of crisis mode, even though it's not, I don't know if it's quite crisis, but it's that transformation mode that we're used to now, but fitting in all of our daily operations and our business that for a while was put on hold. Um, sure. We can't afford to put anything on hold anymore. So it's it's continuing sort of all these new projects, you know, vaccines is, is a good example of just an incredible amount of work now that we also have to take on, but continue um, our, you know, budget mitigation efforts and new service development, all of that. Um, I would say the, the female leaders have been incredibly well with engaging with their teams um, because we, we're all being asked to do just an incredible amount of work um, in a difficult time um, that it's stressful. Um, you know, there's been a lot of just suffering um, from this disease. There's been social unrest. Um, so just, you know, all of this sort of swirling around um, you know, it speaks to the fact that we've got to stay really, really in touch and engaged with our staff, and, and they've done a really nice job with that. And, you know, some of me just thinks uh, being a woman is, you know, is, is it just our uh, willingness to show our feelings, to, you know, empathize? Um, I have a feeling that that's part of it, but um, it, it certainly has made a big difference, I think, in the way we operate. Yeah, and you hit on really all of those um, attributes that uh, a recent Harvard Business Review highlighted about about women leaders, the empathy, um, collaboration, uh, motivation, communication, teamwork, all of those are just so important um, leadership skills to, to share. And it was interesting, um, you know, th thinking about, oh, well, what does it look like when we go back to normal? Um, and so, yeah, I think probably everybody has just been going on adrenaline, um, but we will have, you know, some, some changes for good, you know, some, some benefits for sure. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to kind of take a pause and say, what were the learnings from um, the pandemic? So uh, very yeah, interesting. Absolutely. I think um, interesting in that article, it, it had mentioned that um, women leaders had higher staff engagement scores. And, and one of the things very important to staff was, you know, even though there's a lot going on to focus sort of on development, 
mm -hmm. um, continuing education and development opportunities. And I will say, I think that it has been, um, uh, although a challenge, a very much a positive that has come out of this is people have been asked to, you know, stretch in new ways and take on new things that they never thought they would have to or could, um, but have been really successful at it. So, um, you know, we we are stretching uh, our resources because we're very thin in that area. And but you know, it's given people these opportunities to see what they can do. And and um, again, I I think that that's been a really good positive thing. That's yeah. Come out of it. Yes, that that is great point. Um. So yes. Yeah, so and and pharmacy has certainly been playing a, a large role, um, you know, not only in treatments for COVID, but especially now as we're rolling out the vaccines, um, you know, how have you, have you had to field a lot of questions from the, the media or internal and external questions? What are some tips that you would share with the listeners who might be fielding those types of questions, um, even from family or friends. But first, do you help patients with diabetes select their pin needles? And have you recommended the UltiGuard Safe Pack yet? When you dispense UltiMed's pin needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, you promote safe sharps disposal. This protects families and your community from sharps injuries and can reduce the harmful reuse of needles. Your selection can make a difference. To learn more about UltiMed's Pin Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, visit UltiGuardSafePack.com slash podcast. UltiGuardSafePack.com slash podcast. U-L-T-I-G-U-A-R-D-S-A-F-E-P-A-C-K.com slash podcast. UltiGuardSafePack.com slash podcast. Yeah, I think family and friends is actually probably the majority of the questions that I have received. Um, personally, we, we do at the health system have a number of different forums that we've been putting on um, uh, to help answer public questions and even staff uh, questions about the vac vaccines. Um, you know, the, the main questions I get from my friends is are you getting the vaccine and um, you know them feeling comfortable telling me that they're nervous about it and you know can I share my thoughts with them and um, you know the first thing I try to tell them is that's fine and normal to be nervous about this I think um, there's been a lot of you know misinformation and mistrust I think in um, just how this whole just information about the virus has rolled out um, and you know maybe we haven't handled it in the, in the best way at least early on so I always tell people you know uh, it is very good to be sort of skeptical and ask questions um, nothing wrong with that um, and then I, I share you know the, the science behind it the facts that I know um, and why I decided to get uh, vaccinated and why I think it's important. Um, I think it's also just always important to, to respect people's feelings, um, but also sort of, uh, um, you know, dispel any myths 
or misconceptions because I think if, if you Google, which many people do, I, I do too, uh, you know, you can find all kinds of information out there. It doesn't mean it's, it's based on science. Um, and so, you know, I just really try to answer their questions and uh, point them to, um, you know, experts in the field and, and literature and, and references that can be trusted if they have more questions. And that's usually um, worked pretty well for people. I will say I'm happy that most of my friends have decided they are going to get it. Um, I do get a lot of questions about children um, and, and when, you know, we would expect children to be able to get the vaccine. And I think we're a ways away, but I do know that studies are underway for uh, children um, under the age of 16. Yeah. Yeah, very good advice. And um, you even uh, shared a post on LinkedIn that was um, got a lot of, of traffic. So definitely check out um, Leanne's um, information on LinkedIn or connect with her and, and she shared some information there. Yeah, so wow, so much great advice and sharing uh, just about leadership. And as our final question, Leanne, I'd love to ask, what is some advice that you have for other female leaders or aspiring leaders? Sure. Well, I think some of the best female leaders probably don't view themselves or give themselves credit as a leader. I, I think, you know, they, they think they can't be whatever that is, director or manager because of because they haven't maybe done X, Y, or Z. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, many female leaders judge themselves very harshly, and I will confess I'm in this bucket, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, I think my first piece of advice would be to develop a network. Reach out to others in your industry, in your workplace, and connect with them. I really do think it's the best way to grow, to develop confidence, and to learn about opportunities that are out there. Um, I will say I feel like I waited really uh, a long time in my career um, to even understand the importance and the benefits of that. I, you know, I had a close network within pharmacy of people that I worked very closely with. But I'm really talking mm -hmm. about reaching out to others that maybe you don't know so well, um, maybe hold a leadership position and you, you know, admire a quality that they have or a skill they possess. Um, and, and just say, hey, I'd love to learn about, you know, your career and how you got where you were. Um, people love to talk about themselves. <laughs> so it's usually mm -hmm. not uh, that difficult just to get a first meeting. But it goes such a long way and I know there's been, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about mentorship and sponsorship, uh, which is very important too, but I think that first step is just building that network of people that you could reach out to and, and get to know and get advice um, and, and learn from it. it. It's so, so important. Yeah. Very good. Well, wonderful. Leanne, it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me. This was really fun. I really appreciate it, Hillary. For more about pharmacists in leadership, be sure to check out my new book, now available as an ebook 
Amazon. Go over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead, answers from women who are leading, succeeding, and impacting pharmacy. And I hope you check it out. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.